Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. That's right, with your emails, your stories, your questions. And I want you to feel it in your bones today. The J Train Podcast. We take your emails and your questions. We take your emails. We reveal our understanding of the situation. Every Monday, Thursday, we talk about your issues so that you have a Train podcast every Monday and Thursdays. Keep telling your friends, your coworkers, your brothers and sisters. We're at the Feather Nation, Feather Nation Studios. They're a lively bunch today. We got classic Shelb on the ones and twos. Shelby, how are you? Blessed to bless the stress. To bless the stress, per usual. Great to have you back, Shelby. Um, listen, people. If you're out there and you haven't checked out the special, Socially Distance, of course, people are loving it. Go on YouTube and watch it. But now you can also check it out as an album. So anywhere you stream music, you can stream Socially Distance. Of course, you can listen to it on your walk. It's a totally different experience when you're listening to an album. Right, Shelby? I mean, it's when you're listening to a comedy album, it's like nothing better. It takes you away, and and it's on any place you stream music. Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora. It's all there, baby. Also, Patreon. I got to get you guys there. We're working towards 1,000 members, and I want you guys to get involved. Because when we get to 1,000, I'm going to watch Princess Diaries. Or what did I say? Not wasn't Princess Diaries. It, Is that uh, the one? Yeah. The Anne it. Hathaway picture. Yeah. So I'm going to yell... Times. Princess Diaries, I'm going to do a podcast that you listen to with the show, with the movie. So it's like you're watching it with me, but we got to get, you got to join. That's the only way it happens. So patreon.com slash Jared Freed, three extra podcasts a week for $5 a month. We have a new guest, Shelby. Hit the button. We've got a new guest, Shelby. We do. Hit the button. Button seems to be working a little weird today. Uh, okay, we got a wonky button. But listen, very excited about today's guest. New to the podcast, hilarious comedian, Becca Stevenson. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Listen, the crowd here at Feather Nation Studios is excited. All of you need to go follow Becca on Instagram at the Becca Stevenson and also on TikTok at the real underscore Becca. Love it. What's going on, Becca? How are you? What's happening? Where are you coming from? I'm doing pretty well. I am at my parents' beach house. So that's I mean, fun. that that is on the top of the pandemic uh, totem pole. Wouldn't you say parents' beach house is the like you, how could you ever complain? And that's the, I, I love to complain, so that's a bad thing. I would complain yeah, about not being able to complain. To complain. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, as we all do. Where is the beach house? What beach town? Uh, it's in North Carolina. Okay, and is it 
getting warm enough to be at the beach? What, what What's kind of the daily routine there? Like, to, I love a beach town so much. Like, I just love the vibe. I love a coffee shop in a beach town. Like, I love that, like, you know, it, the, it, I don't know what it is. Just the day becomes better. I, I, I guess I do know what it is. People love to be at the beach. But what, what's kind of your schedule there? What's it like? Um, well, I'm still working. So I've been okay. – I kind of tried to take the week off and it didn't happen. So um, – <laughs> But it's nicer to work here with a good view than it is, you know, in my tiny New York apartment. I don't have to of work course. from my bed. Um, yeah, and, and it, you can open a window, and it's like not going to like have like a million sirens and be freezing cold. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's like seventy-two-ish today, so I went for a walk. Nice. Is it a beach town that like you've been going to your whole life? Do you know it well? Like, what's what's the deal with you? You know that. Yeah, they bought this condo probably when I went to college. It was like a we got rid of them, so now we need a place to go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like an hour from where I grew up, so we grew up coming down here a lot. That's great. And and as far as your pandemic comedy, like, do you are you doing Zoom shows from there? Do you have stories from, you know, dealing with, you know, it's to go, are your parents there with you now? Well, I kicked them out for this. Okay. <laughs> so they're not currently inside the building, but. Um, Good job. Thank you. Got to be tough with those parents. Yeah, that's the power that the youngest child holds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was home for, so I've been back in New York, but then I was home for four months at the beginning of everything with my sister and her husband and their two-year-old. So um, it's pretty relaxing now because it's just me. But for a long time, it was like a lot of people in a house. See, when I was with my parents, it was like the the hardest adjustment is like getting used to, you have to live by the rules of the house. And it's like, the rules are maybe not what you remember from when you were in high school. Like, and you've gotten used to your own rules. So you're sitting there going, hey, I, I walk in the house and I, you know, I, I, I wear my shoes in the house. And then your mom's going, take off your shoes. And you're like, I don't, I, I wear high tops now. That's like a whole, I would literally be taking seven hours out of my day to untying and tying shoes. Like, are you having that kind of, thing with them or are the rules the same honestly the rules are kind of the same i'm pr like pretty spoiled not gonna okay. lie um <laughs> we couldn't tell when, from your beach house okay yeah well i'm the only one that came home so i have two siblings and i'm the only one who came home for christmas or um thanksgiving or easter so mm. i'm like pretty much the the golden child right now um, sure you, you give them you know the parents love a variable because they get used to that like empty nest type of thing and then it's like we need someone to shake things up around here. So you've given them entertainment in that. Exactly. I mean, I think that's what I'm good for is entertaining people. Hopefully they agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, listen, I'm pumped to have you here. Everyone should go follow Becca at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram at the real underscore Becca. Um, you do a lot of stuff with The Bachelor. You, you how uh, on TikTok, you do a lot of stuff with The Bachelor on TikTok. How has that been? What, do you, what is what is your feelings from The Bachelor this season and going forward? Yeah, this season was tough. I think I kind of backed off of talking about The Bachelor um, just because I wasn't sure what was going on and everything. Sure. But I don't know. I mean, I still enjoyed this season. I have a huge crush on Matt James. So um, Who does I was going to like it no matter what. <laughs> but it'll be, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how things progress in the next couple seasons. 
I think, like, to me, like, when someone's every year, someone's like, it's the worst season ever. I don't really, like, deal in those terms, like, with anything. I'm never, like, you know, and I kind of live by, like, my dad always says, he's like, it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. And it's like, I, and, like, the cast is horrible. People like to say those things, and I'm always like, I don't give a shit. I, they're, they're pawns on a chessboard. I like movement in the market. I like action, adventure, things happening. From a things happening standpoint, Matt season, lots of things happen. There were lots of things to chew on and talk about that are interesting topics, both serious and unserious. Um, but I can understand how people were like, this is exhausting because there were a lot more serious issues to like navigate through. Like drama. It's like tons of drama. It's like one of those things that like when it's like the pandemic. Like I, I'm gonna find a way to talk about the pandemic in a, in as fun a way as someone can talk about the pandemic. I do that. I try to do that with The Bachelor, but I can understand like, if you're gonna have fun with the subject, you have to get through like the serious things too. You can't just talk about one half of the coin, you know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like once you kind of found out that there was gonna be something serious at the end, it made like it just colored the whole season, and it was like hard to watch without thinking mean things about anyone and like sure try to and like dissect everything absolutely sorry to interrupt you but also like knowing that chris harrison like won't be yeah. there at the end and you're like but he's still kind of here you know and you're like you know like how do you not acknowledge that like i would make jokes when i would yell at the show about chris harrison saying that racism started in 2018 and just because that's the joke to make and then people would go Hey, th let's make this not political. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm just making fun of someone for saying something stupid. You know, like that's my, that's the premise of that, <laughs> of that joke. It's not me going and to the rest of you, you know, and, but that's kind of the thing that happens with anything these days. Yeah. Well, and he literally said it. So like repeating that yeah. he said it. <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Like, so listen, everyone go follow Becca at the Becca Stevenson at the real underscore Becca. It'll be all over my social media. We got Shelby here on the ones and twos. Are you ready to do some emails? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. This one's called what just happened. Jared, big fan. I got a female friend of mine and her friends to follow you on Insta because of your bachelor screams. We all plan to go to a show of yours when you're doing shows in the big city again. Now to my and to those people out there, the Comedy Cellar just reopened. Um, I've been doing some shows there. If you guys want to go out in New York and see a show, um, I don't put the New York dates out there unless I'm doing a weekend, but because it just changes so much. But if um, you go check out the Comedy Cellar's lineups, and uh, I'll be all over that calendar. So the guy writes, now to my situation. Went out with a woman last June. Date lasted five hours and much of it was political talk. Becca, what do you think when you go on a, uh, go on a date and five hours of political talk? I'd be exhausted. I don't think that's a good date. Yeah, no, that's a lot of political talk. I mean, that's like, that's, that's a podcast. That's not a date yeah. to me. <laughs> that's, I'm with you. Thought, I thought she was attractive, nice eyes, beautiful feet. Okay. Okay, and he writes, yeah, I'm a foot guy. All right, I, I think that's a commendable thing, like, to be out there with it. Yeah, look at that. He's not going to hide it. I, I respect. How would you feel about that, Becca, if you were on a date with a guy, and he goes, I think you're hot, I think you got nice eyes, and I have to say, I, this is my thing, I love your feet. Like, what would you, have you had that happen? What would you say? 
I don't know. I mean, I was a dancer growing up, so like feet are very important to dance. So I would probably be flattered, honestly. But I don't know on a first date. That might be like, because <laughs> I want people to tell me my feet are pretty. That's like, I grew up thinking that was the ultimate compliment. And now it's like, I don't know on a date if that's what I want. Wow, that's in that's so I never thought of it from that perspective. Like I, I could understand someone going, I like a compliment. A compliment's a compliment is a compliment. Um, but I understand a first date, it's a little jar like you're you're really putting it all on the table. I also think if someone said on the first date they're like angling towards a sexual relationship, like they're not even taking this seriously as a maybe we could be dating type of thing. Yeah, I guess it's like, what to what extent do you like feet? Like, I would need to know that before I could say if it was well, weird or not. It, it is interesting. Is like, is 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 nice feet a deal breaker for us dating, or are you just saying the nice feet to get in with, to let me know that's what you're into? You know what I mean? It's like a weird tight wire act because it's like, it, like he might be saying it because he's like. That's a bit. That's a big deal to me. Like I have to find. Like I can't. the The woman I marry must have the feet of an angel. You know, like that could be it. And where it does mean an important thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. I don't know. I don't know how I would react. I probably in the moment would be like, "Oh my god, that's so nice." And then two days later, I would tell somebody, and they'd be like, "No, get out of there." Get out so of there. I don't know. So he I writes. Would just be like uh, a compliment. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I, I guess like it's different. Like if if a woman looked at me and was like, "And your feet are the reason." I, I mean, when I saw your feet, I was like, "I'd be like, all right, uh, good to know." You know, like I. I don't know if, if I would be turned off or not. I don't know. I. I like when someone admits to their things. Like when he writes, "Yeah, I'm a foot guy." I'm like, I'm applauding with the Feather Nation Studios. Uh, she told me a few days later that she wanted to be friends and meant it. We didn't talk again until the holidays, but picked back up on the political talk. Well, then she didn't mean it, if that's the case, right? Like, I don't know. Um, having a few, fe having f a few female friends, I figured it would just uh, be friends hanging out. But when I got, oh, we picked up on the political talk. Fast forward to 2021, she wanted to meet up to have a drink and talk politics. Having a few female friends, I figured it would just be friends hanging out. But when I got there, we barely talked politics. She asked me questions about my goals for 2021. When I told her I was looking to buy a condo, she mentioned moving near uh, near her. She asked me about my dating life. And when I get, gave her a compliment about how good she looked, she blushed and turned red. I left confused because I thought it was just friends hanging out, but it felt like a date that I wasn't aware I was on. My question for you is this. If a girlfriend... Uh, if a girl friend zones you and then asks you to hang out, should you assume it's a date? And how could I have done better to recognize that maybe she was looking for more on this meetup than she had been saying? Becca Stevenson, what do you think? I don't know. That's so tricky because I feel like I've been on both sides of that where you're yeah. like, no, I really want to be friends. I think we could be good friends, but then it's like, you don't want to lead anybody on or like make them feel Weird. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would assume if she said she wanted to be friends, I would assume it was a friend thing. And then if yeah. she wants to take it to the next level, then I mean, you can tell usually like body language and flirtiness and whatever. Like, I think I don't know. I think I would take it at face value, but maybe just kind of be on the lookout for signs. The I think with a situation like this, it's really difficult because, you know, he's you have to admit to your own emotional state. You can't like dance around someone someone else's 
if they feel this way, then I could be down. If you're down, then I'm down. And if your feet fits the shoe, then I'm going to be so hot and horny. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you're never going to know the thoughts in someone else's head. You can only know your own. And I think when he says, I thought it was just friends hang out, but it felt like a date. It felt like a date to you. That means you're attracted to them. That means maybe you say to them, hey, that was a lot of fun, but that felt like a date to me, and I'm game to date. But if you're looking for friendship, I don't think I'm there because it takes two to, to friend, to be friends. It, it, you can't – don't you think – like you could be on a – if you're on a date and they're not and it feels like a date to you but their date is not is just a friend thing, then you're not really having an honest conversation with someone. Yeah. I feel – I it's so tricky because I feel like it's like – I definitely have been in situations where I'm like I want this person to be my friend. And Mm. I don't know how to go about it with like actual friendship and not leading anybody on. But I also think like, I don't know, it's just such a fine line because I feel like there've just been so many situations where I'm like, I'm being nice. And then they think I'm being flirty and sure. I don't know. That's tough. I'm also just dying. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, I'm dying to know like what role the foot thing played in all of this. Like why that was relevant (laughs) to bring in. I thought that was going to come up. It had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, he just wanted side to let note, us know. Nice <laughs> side note, this is what. I, well, that I think that has something to do with it because he is attracted to her. So, like, you know, again, I think you could be friends with someone that you think is a good-looking person. Like that's, but I think also if you don't define it up front, then you're on. It's just not a fun situation. You end up resenting that person. You end up feeling like you were left, um, you know, you can you can go down a path of bitterness that is just not fun for anyone there. And I think a lot of this is his ego. Like, he says you look good and she blushed and turned red. I don't know. I, I would blush and turn red if someone said I look good and it was a friend. I don't know. I I, I think it's in that situation, I you have to admit, I think you're hot. I think you're fun. I got on this date. And I didn't, it, it wasn't a friendship to me. It was more relationshipy. And you have to say, and if you say that to them, hey, uh, I'm not, you cannot be ready for a friendship. Totally. And I think that's something you have to be honest about yourself. But to say, like, what do you think their, her end game is? Her end game could be just, I like hanging out with this person. I'm in a city where I don't have a lot of friends, and you and I kind of, we have such interesting conversations. But I would get ahead of it. I think it's not, and and that that takes being vulnerable. Hey, I just want to let you know that felt like a date more than a friendship. If you're looking to date, I find I still find you attractive. I'd like to do that. If you're not looking to date and you want a friend, I don't think I can really handle that. And I think that's an okay thing to say to somebody. Totally, I think the overanalyzing of the situation I really respond to, and it's like that's. I mean, I've been in situations before where I've been like, this person said they wanted to be friends, and now they're texting me every day. And I just got to a point where I was like, do you want to be friends or not? Because I don't want to be whatever this is. Like, I don't mm. want to talk to you every day if you don't want to be my boyfriend. So we can not be friends or we can be actual friends who see each other occasionally and are friendly. But like, you're not going to be my best friend. We're not going to talk all the time. That's a big thing. And, and it's like, listen, it's hard to lose that person because it is a two way street. You're getting something out of the daily text, too. But you're basically saying it's it's like with food. Like, oh, I got to stop eating this. This isn't good for me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, oh, go, go ahead, please. Oh, I was just going to say, I think like he needs to decide if he wants to be friends. Cause like 
maybe he doesn't. And no, that's that's the thing. Like he has to own. I think she's hot. That date felt like a that felt like a date to me. That means you liked her. That doesn't mean she liked you. Like the idea that this is like that she's driving this bus on whether this is a date or actual friendship. No, 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 no. You're there too. You felt something. Acknowledge that. And and say, I'm not gonna be sitting here being, you know, fake friends with someone. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. This one's called Resentful or Rightfully Wronged. Okay. Uh, J Train found you through a bachelor content, saw you live in Tampa, fell in love with your comedy, have been binging your old episodes and even joined your Patreon. Oh, thank you. This is amazing. Love it. To my question, it's a work friendship dilemma. My last job was a super toxic environment and a bunch of my coworkers left at the same time. We remained super close afterwards in our new positions, even when living in different cities. I love my company and speak highly of it to uh, to them. During the thick of COVID, my company had a bunch of positions open up, and all, my, one of my old coworkers mentioned potentially being interested, so I put her uh, name in with the office manager. I gassed her up to everyone talking about how great she is and how she'd be the perfect fit. She made it all the way to a third interview with the head dudes and was extended an offer. Then she ghosted. My office manager kept asking me where she went and why she stopped responding. I didn't have an answer. I didn't feel like it was my place to hassle her since I'm not in charge of her, but I thought it was extremely rude to ghost, especially since she went through all the trouble of interviewing and we'd have almost daily calls where she was asking me about the company culture, benefits, etc. I was really upset because after she ghosted my office manager and the other managers she had interviewed with uh, would ask me what happened and had a, and I had no answers. I was embarrassed and now feel like I can never refer anyone for a job again. I didn't talk to her for months because I was mad and she never apologized to me. It's been long enough that I feel I should get over it because we were really close, but I'm still so annoyed. I responded to one of her Insta stories a few weeks ago congratulating her daughter for winning an award, and she responded that so much has been going on in her life and she wanted to catch up. Just seeing that made me angry because if she was having a lot going on to make her want to stay in her city, she could have responded to my office manager turning down the job offer. Am I just being stubborn childish for holding on to this anger so long, so long months after? Should I let her know I'm still upset about her making me look bad? Should I just move on and not mention it? It feels silly to feel still feel slighted, but it really bugged me that she made me look bad to my bosses. I have a habit of holding grudges, but I don't know if this is an important enough hill to die on. Thanks so much for all you do. Hope this wasn't too long. What do we think, Becca Stevenson? That's so tough. I've been in situations where nobody's ever ghosted, but I've referred people to my company and they've turned things down. And I, I kind of got the same like pushback from HR. Um, mm. And I don't know. It, it's so uncomfortable because you're like, I want you to work here. I want my $3,000 referral bonus or whatever it is. Sure. Um, but then also it's like, you're the one who looks bad if they end up ghosting or saying no or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I would probably still be mad. But I would at least ask for an explanation. I would would be upset. I don't think she's wrong for still feeling that. I think think you all, like, I think without knowing it, we're building friendship resumes. You know, like, we all have resumes with our friends. You have one. I have one. And the resume isn't one that we would write for ourselves. They've written it for you. So, like, I have friends that, like, they would, you know, I, I was talking on the phone the other day with a friend and he's talking about um, we were talking about like friends helping friends move. And 
he was like, would you help a friend move? And I was like, don't you know me? Like I would be, and he started laughing because he was like, yeah, you're not fucking helping a friend move. Like no he was like, he's like, he's like, I, I go, I would pay for the moving company if you were in a tough time. Uh, but he, like, I'm not going to be like, all right, let's get that couch out of here. Like I, I'm never going to be that guy. And he knows, and he laughed at that because he knows that about me. I'm, I'm sure people after listening to this podcast for however long know that about me too, that I'm more likely to be the friend that would be like, yeah, I'll give 500 bucks to your you know, go fund me to get you moved out rather than the friend that's putting on the knee brace to get your kitchen table out of the house. So like I, so I think friend resumes is, is something that you have written for you and you've been writing for other people. To me, this person now has a bad friend resume to you and that's okay. Um, the resume can be cleaned up though. Like that, that's part of being a friend. Hey, it really disappoint. Hey, I, and if this person wants to be your friend, I would say to them, yeah, let's catch up. But I would start the catch up with, I just have to let you know, like what I kind of had to deal with via how you responded to the work situation here. And again, that is a moment for you to clear up the friend resume. They either come back to you and go, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I never thought of it that way. Like they might Look at, and you might feel, I think that would, because when they say I have a habit of holding on to grudges, I think there's difference between holding on, you know, still feeling upset with someone and holding a grudge. Like holding a grudge is like they apologize and you go, I'll never f trust you again. That's bold. That, that's not a good thing, but it is okay to go, Hey, you disappointed me here. I put my neck on the line. I kind of look bad. Do you see where I'm coming from? And they might surprise you with oh my god I didn't even and I think that's okay I think that could be redeemed yeah I think the work stuff too is so tricky because a lot of people are like you know work is not the same as life and you can mm -hmm. you know ghost people at work and that's not personal but you are dealing with real people so it's like especially if you're referred by somebody it's important to see the other side but also I think that this person should reach out to the other person or should have and just said like what's going on is everything okay I mean, I yeah. can't imagine somebody ghosting like that and just not saying anything. Yeah, and I, I think you're right with the like work stuff. You know, people, she might think I'm on a third interview and I didn't even think that that would even get back to you at the third interview. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I had so much hectic thing. She has a daughter or whatever, or son. And you're, and I got, we couldn't even leave the city because we're, you know, I'm so busy here. Let's catch up. I think- it's twofold acknowledging, Hey, I was hurt by how you treated it and then accepting an apology. And, and then maybe next time, you know, again, the friend resume, you're going to look at it differently. Maybe you're going to have someone that goes, Oh, there's an opening at your position. You're going to look at the friend resume and you're going to, you're going to create an excuse because you're going to go, I don't really trust you to do the right thing by me. That's, that's what it comes down to. But this person, you have to give them a chance to kind of clean up their past with you. And, and I think it starts with, hey, I just want to let you know I was like kind of annoyed by the way you handled things with my office. Here's what I went through. And just let them know, and they might surprise you.
The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Best Fiends. You don't have to be a hardcore gamer to love this casual game. It's made for adults, but fun for all. They're always adding new puzzles and content, so you'll never run out of entertainment. Stop scrolling. Get Best Fiends. I'm telling you right now, I love Best Fiends because it's my perfect way to take my brain, put it on the shelf. When I'm in between things, I just want five minutes to myself to just kind of zone out. And it's a fun game. There's new levels. They're challenging but fun best fiends is the binge worthy mobile puzzle game that's free to download with best fiends there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that forever all eternity literally thousands of levels to play and counting plus tons of cute characters to collect if you become slightly obsessed don't blame me you'll thank me download best fiends free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r Best Fiends. Let me say that again. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring for spring? What type of role are you looking for? Maybe you need to hire someone to wear many hats, which can be challenging. Or you might have a simple position to fill, but it's taking forever to find someone who's a great fit for your company. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter can help you find qualified candidates fast, and now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash J Train. Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York, a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney in Colorado, Colorado, or even a mascot in Missouri, ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's effective. It's it's actually so effective that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Let me reread that because that's an amazing stat. It's so so. This is to fix a problem that you have. You need people. You need someone good. You need. You have a very specific position. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You're done with your job in a day. From accountant to zoologist and everything in between, ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash J-T-R-A-I-N. All you need is Wi-Fi to try it for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. JTrain Podcast at gmail.com. JTrain Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Becca Stevenson. At the Becca Stevenson on Instagram. It's going to be all over. My social media. Okay, Tinder after college. Becca, when did you graduate college? 2015. 2015. So you're five years, six years out. You're closer to Tinder after college than I am. Howdy, Jared. Love the pod, everything you do. Even saw your set in London back in 2019. Thank you. Now that I've graduated, I find myself struggling to rebuild my Tinder Bumble profile. I, I have just moved to from Texas up to Colorado for work and slowly starting to get into the dating scene now that lockdown restrictions are lightening up. What advice do you have for those making the jump from the simple world of college dating to the real world? Thanks and gig'em, Aggie in the mountain. So, Becca Stevenson, what would you like to see out of a male profile in 2021? I think, so first I would say get on Hinge. If you actually want like mm-hmm. a real relationship they're not paying me um but if they wanted to <laughs> i would do something so just putting that out there but no i think i would do hinge because i feel like if you actually want a relationship it takes so much more effort to fill out 
And so you're just automatically like, okay, this person is willing to answer some questions. And well, so- that, that, sorry to interrupt, but I would also add on to that. The idea, the biggest difference to me with Hinge and Tinder is the idea that you like something versus swiping something. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a very different thing in your brain. When you like something, and like what you said, like you're, you're talking about their prompts and like people writing out answers to questions. Oh, I like that answer you gave. It's not just taking a face and shoving it to one side or the other, you know? Yeah, which I think is like just showing personality, I feel like is the most important thing because mm. I feel like, I mean, I've had a boyfriend for three weeks, so I'm actually a relationship expert. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> congratulations thank you but we met on hinge and i feel like it's like i mean i was deep in those waters for a long time and i feel like the biggest thing that you're looking for is like is this person putting effort into this Mm -hmm. and are they actually thinking through some of their thoughts and answers and also like do they have a personality because yeah there are plenty of hot people out there and i think like in college a lot of dating is about just pure attraction um but I think once you're out, you're like, what does this person like to do? You know, what are their sure. interests? Have some pictures that show you doing something other than like fishing. Um, yeah. <laughs> show some sort of something. Like, I, I feel like that's what I always look for is like, do you seem like an interesting person? Do you, have, do you have something to say that isn't just, I, yeah, don't, the paint by numbers. And but let me give you some numbers to paint by. Three pictures of you alone. <clears throat> just... At a, at a standard, three pictures of you alone, full body shots, dude. Um, and I agree totally with Becca. You got to answer the questions and you got to answer the questions and answer them honestly. Don't try. I think like it's the same thing as like a best man speech. I always give this advice when like that people always come to me. They're like, you know, friends of mine are like, hey, I'm giving a best man speech. Well, can you help me? Can, and sometimes they'll be like, can you go through it word by word? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like give you jokes. I, I'm not even good at that in my own life. I'm not good at like the one liner. Like if you're getting married, da 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 da. You know, like I, I'm not that type of guy. What I always say to the person is you have told us, if you're the best man in the wedding, you've told a story about this person before. That's just by nature of being the best man. There's, if, you're, if you've never told a story about them, then I don't know how you're the best man. Like, I just don't. So you have a story you have told a million times. Because of that, that means you've worked out the story. So you've gotten rid of all the parts of the story that don't work. And now it's actually a worked out bit like a comedian would have, like one of their solid bits. Tell that story and at the end of the story, relate it to the relationship they are now in with their wife. Done. It's going to be funny. It's going to be personal. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be sappy. It's got it all. And there's no you know, joke that it looked like you looked up online. And I would say the same thing to the post-college adult male. Write answers to the questions that, are, that you would give honestly. Not the joke one. Not the office, you know, you know um, the, the quote from the office. You want to give like... Hey, what's your favorite thing to do? Write it out as honestly as possible. Write it long and then pare it down to the best part. And you're going to lose people. But the whole point of a dating app is to get someone and lose people. You, both sides of, the, of that matter. You want to find the match, not just anybody.
Yeah. I think also like make sure your pictures are current or like current ish. I know that's harder for guys than it is for girls, but like, do not show me a picture of you playing baseball in high school because that's not what you look like anymore. You probably haven't played baseball in 10 years. Like I don't (laughs) want to see that. And that was something that I feel like I would meet up with people and I'd be like, I mean, you're not ugly, but you don't look like the person that I matched with and have been talking to. And I don't know. I feel like I'm super conscientious of not accidentally catfishing people. So guys should be too. Listen, we, we all have that within us. And also, like, there's pictures that I'm like, that's a good one of me. And then, like, I'll show it to a friend. They're like, that's not you. And it's like, oh, okay. Thanks for ruining my, my whole life. J Train Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Becca Stevenson at the Becca Stevenson. Go follow, go follow, go follow. Hilarious comic. You're going to love her. Shooting my shot in the friend group. Let's get back to this theme of the friend group. J Train. I recently got out of a long-distance relationship and also established a new friend group. There's one guy in my new group that I really hit it off with the first time we went out together, i.e. had the most romantic night eating pizza till 5 a.m. and made out all night. It went so well, I thought, why not make the first move and ask him on a date to a hockey game? He said yes, but first asked if we wanted to drive separately. I said, um, no. So he picked me up, uh, picked me up. And off we went. Throughout the date, he would say some things such as, I can't wait to go home and play on my PS5. (laughs) Real romantic. And basketball is so much more exciting than hockey. Oh, he's downing the game she took him to. He then proceeded to watch March Madness on his... Yeah, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Shelby, play a dude's rule. I mean, (laughs) that's... Dude's rock. Um, he then proceeded to watch March Madness on his phone the entire hockey game. Like, yes, that Syracuse versus West Virginia game was lit, but come on. Anyway, he dropped me off after the game. No goodbye kiss, by the way, and has not texted me ever since. It's been over a week. Not even a, hey, thanks for the tickets text or anything. Keep in mind, he has been active in our friend group chat since our date, which really bothers me. So, Jared. Do you think I came off too strong for someone who's in my friend group? Should I text him asking what his deal is? I've never been ghosted like this before, so would love your take on this situation. Sincerely, absolutely ghosted. Becca Stevenson, what do you think? That really is unfortunate. Um, I think I would just send like a, I don't know. I, I feel like anytime I've been ghosted recently, I just send like a formatic, you know, same text kind of thing where I'm just mm. like, Hey, really like you had fun with you. Not sure where your head's at. Um, if you could let me know, we do can you th- proceed. Do, do you think this was a ghosting? I don't think it was a ghost. I mean, I think it only qualifies as a ghosting if she texted him and then he never responded and then I never responded ever. Um, I think she's misunderstood the situation. Like I, I, uh, I, and that's no, I'm not trying to say she's not smart. I'm just saying her perspective on it is very different than the one I'm seeing. And Mm -hmm. when she says absolutely ghosted, I'll say to her, I don't believe you were ghosted. I don't believe that this guy believes he's ghosting. I think, you know, the way she tells the story, she has a new friend group. Okay. They have this romantic night of pizza and there's a makeout going on. And then she says, I'm going to make the first move because I had such a great time. You know, I I had such a great time eating pizza till 5 a.m. and making out all night. I want to get to know him more. So, hey, I got these tickets. His first response is yes, 
So do we drive separately? To me, you have to listen to what people are telling you. She's not listening. When he says he's driving separately, then he goes to the game and he acts like you guys are dude bros. He's trying to let you know that like the makeout was fun, but like that's just something that happened. He's not taking this as a date. And, and if we look back to the email we answered before, it kind of relates. You know what I mean? Like the guy that wrote in, hey, we went on a, I went out with that girl again and I thought it was a friend date, but it felt like a date to me. You have to at some point go, how did this interaction feel to me? This felt like a guy who went out with his buddy from high school. Right? Yeah. Don't Like, doesn't her whole email convey that she went out with someone who acted as her friend and that she felt like more of a, well, she didn't even feel like a friend. It sounded like she felt rejected. Yeah. I th- When she called it a date after, I was like, mm, I don't think it was a date, which no. is a bummer, but now you know, I guess. Yeah. How did this feel to you is what I would ask her. Did this feel like someone that you want to see again? I would assume no, it doesn't sound like it. But the idea that he's now responding to the group chat with all the group of the friends, that's telling you how he saw this whole thing. And he didn't take a mature way of going through it. Like he took the least mature way by just like kind of ignoring the elephant in the room and basically sending you a message of like, "Uh, chill out, lady. We're just kind of hanging. That's kind of what it... And it feels immature. It's mean a little bit. But I would I would say to her, he he's trying to send you a message. Yeah. I think like rule of thumb, if you don't get a text that night or the next morning that's like, hey, I had a great time, just the standard we had fun text, like I think you can probably assume it's not going anywhere. Well, I I, 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 I try to change that rule of thumb because I, I, I agree with you. But I would also say, do you want to go out on a third date with someone who didn't even thank you for the tickets? Think of it that way. Like, and and I, what my text would be to this person, uh, should I text him asking what his deal is? You know, it doesn't matter. Stop asking what other people's deals are. What's your deal? Hey, you didn't even thank me for the tickets. You watched another game at the game I brought you to. I thought, and, and then you could say, I thought we made out that night and this was my chance to like get to know you better and you kind of brush me off. I'm I'm feeling annoyed by how this has gone since the makeout. And then let them answer to that. Like, you know, that gets you an explanation. If they don't answer that, I would say you haven't been ghosted. You've just been ignored by someone that you know and you're going to have to see again. And when you see them again, you might not be as good of friends as you were before. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. I think it, that's such a good point. It's like, do you want to go on another date like that? Like, maybe he was obsessed with you and he's just a boring date, but like, you don't want to date someone like that. So just think about the type of date you want to go on. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, that is your first date. Like, you guys had that 5 a.m. pizza day, pizza night, and it was like, you really hit it off the first time we, uh, we went out. This one guy is my new friend group that I really hit it off with the first time we went out together. So it's like, did you guys go on a date or were you with the rest of the group? Like if you're with the rest of the group and then you're like, Hey, let's go watch some hockey. He's still treating you as just a member of the group and not a special person. And you have to say, do I want to be with someone who doesn't want to treat me like a special person? Like, or can't even do that. And I I wouldn't say no. The J train podcast is brought to you by figs, 
Fig celebrates the 100% awesome healthcare professionals by making scrubs they actually feel excited about wearing. Forget boxy, itchy cotton scrubs. Figs are engineered with athletic apparel functionality and are also ridiculously soft and comfortable win-win-win. Fig's mission, making sure healthcare professionals have awesome scrubs so they can look their best, feel their best, and perform at their best. Join Figs in celebrating awesome healthcare professionals and give them the best scrubs in the world. I'm going to tell you right now. I think of figs the way I think of like high-end workout clothing. Like when you get a new new shorts, new shirt, and it feels good and it fits well, you work out better. You you have a you kind of stay in them a little longer after the workout. You're like, I, I just want to wear these around with the, you know, even though they're sweaty, I just like how I'm fitting in them. And I say the same. I would have to assume, I'm not a healthcare professional, but I would assume because figs is the most feedback I get on a sponsor is from Fig. So I'm telling you right now, I would assume that wearing something that fits well, that you look good in, that feels good, that moves with you, makes you more excited to go to work. So if you know someone in the healthcare field, if you are someone, let's use this promo code and use it to gift it or to gift it to yourself because this is a... A, a great thing to get you excited about going into work. Figs has finally brought scrubs into the 21st century with a focus on design, function, and comfort. Figs has a special proprietary Fion X fabric that features Silvader, an antimicrobial and four-way stretch technology. They're also moisture-wicking and wrinkle, uh, anti-wrinkle, and they're ridiculously soft, plus lots of pockets. Some of their styles include over 10 pockets, which is incredibly useful when you have a stethoscope, pen, a pen light, scissors, tape, alcohol pads, and your headphones so you can listen to me on your rounds. They do the right thing, 24-7 essentials. Okay, so, and you can mix and match any of their scrubs for a quick wardrobe refresh. So if you're one of the awesome humans who work in healthcare, Figs wants you to wear the scrubs you deserve and enjoy 15, 15, 15, 15% off your first order with code JTRAIN15, JTRAIN15 at checkout. And if you're not working on the front lines, thank someone that is. I, and I'll tell you, it's going to be a very much appreciated gift because I get messages from healthcare professionals about how much they love this discount. So you can know that you're doing a great gift for someone you love. With the best scrubs in the world because Figs will give you 15% off too. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com. Enter code JTRAIN15. JTRAIN15 at checkout. Love your scrubs. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Becca Stevenson at the Becca Stevenson. Go follow, go follow, go follow. Let's do this one. Okay. Oh, can you not read this? Okay. Sometimes people email in and then they're like, nope, um, <laughs> I'm out. Okay, let's do this one. Is age really just a number? Feather, feather, I'm reaching out to hear yours and wonderful guests' opinion on age differences. But, more, must, but most specifically, where the woman is older than the guy. I feel like no one really bats an eye when a guy is dating a younger girl, but it's a little controversial when it's the other way around. I wouldn't agree with that. Like, I, I, I think it gets... First of all, no one cares. Let, let me just say, no one gives a fuck about you. As Everyone's the star of their own movie, and no one gives a shit. But when a guy... Listen, to say no one bats an eye when an older man is with a younger woman, that's just not true. When an older woman is, you just see, I think you just see it less. 
Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like if people bat eyes, it's equal, <laughs> you know? Like, I think it depends on who you're friends with. Like, if you're friends with the older man, you're probably like, whatever, date a 21-year-old. But sure. And I, I feel like I would... I don't know. At this point in my life, I would never date anyone much younger than 28 because they're like a toddler. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't know. I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. But I also I do think there's a little bit of a double standard. But I think you're right. Like do whatever makes you happy in the end. So, so she writes, I've recently met and gone out on a day with a guy who is four years younger than me. I'm 25 and he's 21. And although I'm attracted to him, I'm having a hard time getting past the age difference. He's a lot more mature than my other 21-year-old than any other 21-year-old that I've met. But I still can't help to, but to put a huge wall up on anything more than just to fling casual dates with him because I feel much older. I've always said I would never date anyone younger. We have talked a lot about the age difference and he doesn't seem to mind at all. And if anything seems more, uh, anything seems more attracted to dating an older girl uh doesn't seem to mind at all and if and if anything seems more attracted to dating an older girl but i wanted to hear your perspective on it so becca what do you think okay well when we were saying age gap i was thinking like 40 20 so sure me too this feels fine i mean i don't know i think it's tough because like maturity differs so much when you're in your 20s especially i think and Mm. i wouldn't think of a 21 year old guy is being particularly mature but i feel like if this one is like driven and knows what he wants and you feel like you're on the same page four years is nothing well here's the thing he she says he's a lot more mature than any other 21 year old that i've met saying that he's the most mature 21 year old like that's like he's the funniest accountant like it's not a big deal you know like the bar is pretty low the bar is pretty low and it's like if you think he's mature for a 21 year old that's not the same as mature I would also say this isn't a male-female thing as much as it's a 21-year-old, 25-year-old thing. I think anyone, you know, to me, if you're, if you were a 35-year-old woman dating a 31-year-old man, there's no issue. This is not a thing. This is, you know, maybe the thing would be that maybe you're ready to like get married a little bit sooner and start your life a little sooner than he is at 31 because just 31-year-old men aren't just like thinking of that in you know a lot of the time but if you're 25 and they're 21 you're just dealing with different parts of life like i i i male female it doesn't matter what you are you're 21 you don't understand taxes you don't understand opening bills electric you've never even really moved on your own like all these things that make the little tiny nuances of life like they just haven't gone through yet so when you say i'm 25 and he's 21 i can't get through the age stuff you have to, I, I think that's okay. Like, I think that I wouldn't be able to. I couldn't, I don't think I could date someone who's below the age of like, you know, tw- you know, at the, I'm 36. I couldn't date someone at this point below the age of like 29 at this point. Like, just just based on what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's just on like place of life and what people want to do at a certain age most of the time. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Like if he's in college and you're out of college, then I would say drop it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just like completely different. I mean, if he's 21 and like has a job and pays for his life and stuff, then maybe. But yeah, I agree. It's like totally a life stage thing. And I think people go through different life stages at different ages. But I also think, I mean, if you're going to have to like watch him go to frat parties and stuff and you would never go to one of those parties with him, then like 
it's not really worth it. It's not worth it. And it just, there's a lot of nice people. I, I would also say the unfair thing, like if it was a man writing in being like, I'm 25, my girlfriend's 21, she's a senior in college. I'd look down on him. I'd be like, dude, why do you have to go to like a college? You know, you got to date a college woman. Like, why don't you date someone who's it, it to me? There's an, an element of like, not to say that, like, I, I just there's an element of like, dude, why are you doing this? Don't you think? And I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, it feels the other way. It feels kind of like Peter Pan. Like you don't want to grow up. So you're dating somebody in college. So you can go to college parties. But for some totally. reason, a 25 year old woman feels like an adult. Yes. <laughs> and maybe she's not. Maybe she's super immature, too. Who knows? Totally. But. We we have no idea. Yeah, you're right. It, and, and that's unfair. But that's like, you know, when you go out, you know, when you smell a steak, you salivate. Like you just these are the feelings you get when you hear something. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Becca Stevenson at the Becca Stevenson. Let's do one more email. Is that OK? Yep. Sounds good. We got this. I sent it to you. You got yeah. it. Mm hmm. Okay, here we go. Okay, so it's called Flaky as a, as a Croissant. Very creative title. You ready? I've recently been, I've been recently dating. So I'm not reading words right now. I've been recently dealing with a lot of flaky guys who would plan a few dates. Uh, in a, uh, I'm sorry. Let me start again. <laughs> I've been recently dealing with a lot of flaky guys who would plan a date a few days in advance and then cancel the day of due to quote unquote headache, feeling gross or suddenly being anxious about COVID. I usually don't even bother bother replying when they cancel, especially if it's a first date. I don't think these are genuine excuses, but I might be be a skeptic. This brings us to the guy in question. Well, let me start with. It doesn't matter if they're genuine excuses or not. You don't, if it's a first date and someone says, hey, I have a headache, I don't want to go, they don't want to go out with you. That's okay. You haven't met, no harm, no foul. Whatever their reasons are, it's because they're fucked up and they got an issue. They have things going on in their end. It's not about you. It's not that personal. Don't, don't you agree? Do you, what do you think, Becca? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, the COVID anxiety thing, I definitely understand. Totally. Um, but I've changed my mind like 10 times in a minute, I feel like, but. I think, yeah, I, th I mean, it's like if he's not going to make an effort and I think at that point, like they can reach back out. Like, you don't ever yeah. need you've never met him. He could be a total dud. You don't want to waste any energy on him. And they might reach back out when their thing clears up and you might have things cleared up and it works out. But like the idea that like these aren't genuine excuses, like now you need to remove that. Per it's not personal to you, even though it feels personal because there's a date that you guys had planned. But they backed out for their own reasons that have nothing to do with you. So let's stop taking these excuses personally by calling uh, if they're genuine or not. They're not genuine. But let's, <laughs> you're welcome. Let me clear that up for you. They didn't want to go out with you. They're lying to you. They're just trying to get out of the date. Their couch would look more fun than going out with someone they didn't know. There it is. Sorry. It's just a fact of life. Okay. This brings us to the guy in question. We had drinks for our first date. It went well, and I told him I was interested in a second date if he is. He was interested and wanted to cook dinner for me at his place and suggested a day three days after our first date. I agreed to the day and said I'll bring wine. The text exchange is on the day of the date. Just to clarify, he works the tech side at a medical tech company. See attached. Okay, so they had drinks. She wants another date. He's interested. He's going to cook dinner for her at his place and suggested a day. And she's going to bring wine. You ready? Yes. 
I'll be, you be her, I'll be him. Okay. It's 12.26 p.m. And she's asking about that night. Okay, wait, did she, she's blue though, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. Okay, so I'll start. My okay. bad. Does seven, so this is already a good sign. He's writing, does 7.30 work for tonight? Yes, I have to leave at nine-ish because I have an early morning. Would you prefer another night? Maybe a night you don't have to get up so early the next day? Okay, let's start. <laughs> this guy's already angling. Like the idea that he's like, whoa, you know, you know, you know, I don't know. I guess his, I haven't read through this yet, but I guess his, if she was like, what do you think? I'm going to sleep over. His excuse could be, no, I just want to make sure you don't have to like cut our time, you know, but it does sound devious, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's at least trying to get like pretty drunk and have her stay there for a while. <laughs> sure. Okay. So he writes, would you prefer another night? Maybe a night you don't have to get up so early the next day. I wake up early every day. LOL. Tonight is as good as any. Okay. Sounds good. My address is blank. Fi- uh, and they, at, that was at 1233. Then at one found out I have to take a conference call that it won't end till 830. Now we'll have to rain check. Too bad. Yeah, it sucks. Maybe we can find another evening. These doctors all like to have conference calls late in the day for some reason. Okay, I hope it's not a passive-aggressive way of showing discontent at me for having to leave early. I'd rather you be direct if something's not working for you. Ouch, that's not my style. I'm pretty direct. Okay, I really don't know you, so shrug emoji. But if you say so, I'll take you at your word, and I'll save the Pinot Noir, LOL. It sucks that you thought that. I wouldn't make a date when I'm on call and wouldn't cancel last minute. Didn't even apologize for canceling. Sorry you feel that way. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm not on call, but this came up and we already uh, only had a short time to hang out. I didn't think you would be this mad. Texting is not the best and I'm sorry I didn't apologize to you. I'm sorry. All good, smiley face. Thank you for apologizing. She writes, this happened today and I don't think I'll ever hear from him again. What do you think? Is he bullshitting? Should I give him a chance if he ends up texting again? Why are men unreliable? LOL. Becca, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like I'm also always just willing to be like, well, I don't know. He might be interested. But I, I think that her reaction was a little harsh. I don't know. I guess if she had to leave at nine and he really did have a call till 830, then that's. I don't know. I think I would definitely give him another chance. I don't think we have any reason to think he's like a bad person. Gave yeah. a nice apology. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, you know, in the beginning of the text exchange, he he made his own bet. Let's start with he made his own bet. Hey, do you want to do another day because you can wake up later? Is like we both thought the same thing. So we're both down the road of like, uh, he's trying to get a second. I think any second date that you're like, well, the second date will be at my apartment. Like, and I know it's COVID time. So like there's, it's tougher to find places to go, but like you're already in the, like he has to understand what he looks like and sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like he understands that. Like when he said, when you're like second date at my place, I'll cook. And then you go, Oh, you can't, you have to wake up early. Do you want to do another day that you could wake up late after we get very drunk and you're at my apartment alone after one date where you don't even know me. I can understand where she's like, ah, oh, fuck, this is all weird. Like I, I do understand that. So maybe it's not having dates at people's apartments before you're comfortable going to them. Maybe that's an answer to a future question, but I do agree with you. 
you're never going to teach this guy. So like there's a there's a excuses have to be accepted in the beginning of a relationship whether you like it or not, I think. So it's like, "Hey, I'm canceling. No problem. Let me know when." And then they either do or they don't. Like to write, "I hope this isn't a passive aggressive way of showing discontent of me having to leave early." Like if if he says it is, like, what does it matter if it is or it isn't? You know what I mean? You don't feel comfortable with him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I feel like this is a case of like she probably has been bailed on a million times and it mm. sucks. And now she's like, Well, obviously you're bailing for the same reason everybody else is, because you're mm. a man and you're terrible. Like, I don't know. To me, it kind of feels like a valid excuse. And even if it's not, then like put it on him to figure out the plan next time. And I don't know. It's like kind of here's, no harm, no foul at this point. Here's the major problem that she has. And I'm only speaking to her because she's the emailer, even though I just we just went over why he he's not really right. But her biggest problem, she writes, didn't even apologize for canceling. She's looking to like hold his hand through becoming his her match. And it's like you don't have to do that. Like. You have to trust your own intuition a little bit more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, and I and I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to blame the person who got you know canceled on. But when you say didn't even apologize for canceling, that's up to you to think about if he tries again. So let's say if she had just said, "Hey, no problem. Things come up. Let me know uh, a reschedule." And then a week later, he texts back, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend?" Then you're going to go, he didn't even reschedule. He didn't even apologize. Now he's trying to have a casual hangout. Fuck him. I'm not going out. I'm not answering. Goodbye. That's a that's an adult responding. When you say, well, he didn't even apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. Like now you've like given him the script to write out. Like he did write a nice apology afterwards. But at the same time, like you had to ask for it. Maybe he's not your match. Maybe that's not someone you need to teach or that deserves to have you teach them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I it's hard for me to see because I would never do like I would never call somebody out like ever. Mm. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to be like I, part of me is like, that's cool of her that she called him out. But also, I'm not 100 percent sure he deserved it at this point. Like maybe he did. Maybe his intentions weren't pure, but sure. I, I just like when you call him out like this, you're giving him what the the words to read. Like you're basically mm -hmm. giving him a script. You, you're not allowing him like you have to allow this guy to not be your match as well as be your match. And when you're saying to him, and you didn't even apologize, and I, if you're just looking to hook up, like that's, it, it's like, oh, okay, I'll just be the guy who apologized now and won't have a date at my place and we'll hook up on the third date instead of the second date. Like, you know, like I, I don't think he's like thinking that far ahead, but he's also attracted to you and he's going to do whatever he can because he has an attractive woman you know, responding to him. So he's just trying to figure out that puzzle. It's not, if you're thinking long-term, then you can get rid of the guys who aren't. And it doesn't seem like he will be that guy, but maybe he'll he'll shock you, you know, by texting you a week later, hey, I'm so sorry, this Tuesday is better if you're still up for it. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, because it's like, if she wants somebody who's going to like overly communicate and like overly apologize and things like that, then that's valid. Like yeah. if you want a guy who's like going to come forward and say they're sorry and fall on the sword and everything then like that's a type of person and he might not totally. be that type of person 
And it doesn't seem like he is, but it's, and, and again, like I understand a lot of guys like bail and make excuses, but like this goes back to, it's not about you. Hey, no problem. Let me know when now you're back in the well. And I, I think this, like people do this teaching thing. So they're like, it's a way of avoiding getting back on the dating app, getting back in the pool. You're like, I just got out of the fucking pool. I found someone to give me a towel. Now he doesn't even know how to, you know, how to give me the towel. It's like, yeah, sucks. Back in the pool. Find a new dude. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Becca Stevenson, thank you so much for coming on. This is fantastic. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Everyone go follow Becca at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram, at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. Shelby, thank you for coming on the ones and twos. Thanks for having me. At Classic Shelb on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday and Thursday. Keep spreading the word. Keep telling your friends. We'll be back next episode. Boom.